This is a Federal News Network podcast. The Office of Personnel Management is launching a Chief Diversity Officers Council, the latest in a series of gambits under President Joe Biden's executive order on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the federal workforce. As for other goals in that EO, Chief Diversity Officers themselves say a hiring spree won't improve diversity in the long term. For more on this work, Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Let's begin with the whys and wherefores here. A Chief Diversity Officer Council, what's going on? Whenever there's a new title in government that wants to be taken seriously, they create a council around them to, you know, professionalize that position and make it elevated across government. And that's exactly what we're seeing play out here. OPM is standing up this Chief Diversity Officers Council, but this is not the first time that we've seen this play out. Back in 2015, OPM stood up a similar council, a diversity and inclusion in government council. This was under the Obama administration, but that council had a sunset date and the organization disbanded years ago. As far as what's different this time around, we heard from Rita Sampson, who is the director of OPM's Office of Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Accessibility. She says that this council will be stood up under a steering committee that will be meeting for the first time next Tuesday, and we'll be meeting weekly from then on out. But here we hear from Samson in terms of the value of this council and what it's going to do for chief diversity officers across government. For too long, we have organizations working in silos. One does not know what the other organization is doing. And therefore, the opportunity to really make a difference is minimized because people are not working together in tandem. All right. So OPM will have a council for its diversity officers from the agencies. What else are they doing under the diversity executive order, Jory? OPM is also looking at exploring the need for an occupational series on this diversity work, which won't get done anytime soon. They may start looking at that around fiscal 2023. And this is based on requests that the agency has gotten for this kind of thing. And even if they get started at the start of fiscal 2023 on this, this is the kind of thing that takes years to get done. Case in point, we just saw OPM recently release its new occupational series for data scientists in government. That's a project that started back in 2019, and it just was wrapped up at the end of December. So not anything that's going to be done immediately, but speaks to the need for standards that are consistent across government in terms of hiring these kinds of people. And some of the diversity officers might come from existing HR ranks and just be switched over, correct? They may not all be new coming in. Yeah, yeah. We heard from OPM say that, you know, this is a line of work that comes from a lot of different disciplines. HR is one of them. Chief data officers are another, something that we're going to see play out with uh, agencies pretty soon when they're putting out their strategies for diversity, equity, and inclusion is going to be a breakdown in workforce data and how employees identify across, you know, key demographics. So data is a huge piece of this as well. All right. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. And this executive order on diversity and inclusion and equity was pretty far ranging as they have been from the Biden administration. What else are agencies themselves having to do beyond what OPM is doing? Yeah, so government-wide agencies are going to be putting out these strategic plans for diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. We're going to see those by March 23rd, and that is, you know, one of these big overarching goals that the EO contains. We did get a sneak peek of this a little bit from the Department of Veterans Affairs. They just recently released their DE. INA plan. And one key highlight there is getting back to that data piece that they're going to collect and break down data on not just its workforce, but the veterans it serves. And 
that breakdown is going to happen along race, ethnicity, gender, and sexual orientation. So they're going to see what those populations are and perhaps where the gaps are in terms of service along those lines. And you have looked at the Navy, and it's looking to improve diversity within the ranks. Are we talking about civilian or those in uniform or both? A little bit of both here, and the military services seem to be leading the charge in this kind of work here. The Navy is actually building a model that pulls data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics as well as the Census Bureau to show where there may be some underrepresented demographics in its offices and its military occupational specialties. I think a real big watershed moment for the Navy was a couple of years ago when uh, the Marine Corps was in Afghanistan. They deployed what they called female engagement teams that were really beneficial to gathering intelligence. Afghan women were reticent to speak with men who were not family members. And so having these women come in and and kind of, uh, you know, meet them where they are was a huge intelligence tool. And so they eventually saw that translate into all of DOD opening all military occupations and positions to women in 2016. We heard from Robert Hogue, who's the Navy's acting assistant secretary for manpower and reserve affairs. And he says there could be more cases just like that. But it's very clear that our view on gender was just wrong. And so we're now reevaluating that business case and trying to figure out how to uh, harness that energy and those different perspectives going forward. I think we're going to find other areas where underrepresentation will, will teach us similar lessons. We have to be open to that. And that's the Navy. What about the Army? Yeah, so they're also taking this quite seriously as well. They've held a number of listening sessions across at least 27 installations and gathered feedback from at least 9,000 personnel. We heard from Anselm Beach, the Army's Deputy Assistant Secretary for Equity and Inclusion. He says, you know, this is all well and good. This is a the right thing for the Army to be doing. But he says that the Army can't simply hire its way into diversity without making sure that there are goals for inclusion, making sure that these people stick around once they agree to join. It's not about just going down to HBCUs and saying, hey, we are underrepresented. Come to us. If you do not have that framework, you're going through what they call the ASA cycle. It's the attraction. Your people want a job, you attract them, you select them, but they're tricked because there is not the framework there that they feel that sense of belonging. And anyway, the entire armed forces are having recruitment problems right now as it is. So this might be one way they can maybe get around their challenge in getting enough people simply to fill the billets that they have on an annual basis. And Jory, the government itself is kind of on a hiring spree because a lot of agencies are expanding missions, all of the spending coming from the various COVID relief bills. Is it possible to change diversity in the sense of what you've been reporting and hearing that quickly? Or is this something that people are going to have to work at for a long time before you change the complexion of something as big as the government? It's probably going to be a much longer term thing in terms of what success is going to look like here, just in terms of the data points that agencies are able to capture. You know, a lot of that comes from exit interviews from people who leave and they say, you know, candidly why they're leaving. And that's that's a big actionable thing that agencies can do. But that then implies that they're going to have to go and, you know, fill in those those vacancies. And so it's just it, it can be a little bit of a churn that they have to deal with here. But at some point, they're going to have to turn things around and make sure that they are able to keep people for longer. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. And be sure to check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.